0: My name is Nikita Banks, and welcome to another episode of Black in Therapy. Black in Therapy is a podcast where we discuss unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Black in Therapy. Sign up to our mailing list at blackintherapy.com. Also, you can email us show suggestions and feedback. At black in at gmail.com and subscribe to our show. Okay, so um, today's show we're going to discuss this uh, hashtag that I followed and found this wonderful little video uh, called Hurt Bay. If you guys are not on any kind of social media, if you're on every kind of social media, you can click on a hashtag Hurt, H-U-R-T-B-A-E. You'll see either the parody videos, which I saw first, or you will see the actual video of this Hurt Bay. And so, basically, uh, I kept seeing these parody videos come up in my timeline about this thing called Hurt Bay. And um, basically, a lot of them were uh, black women who were confronting um, infidelity in their relationships there were parodies and they were basically beating the guys behind once they found out so they were basically joking about what their reaction to whatever this information was in this hurt bay uh thing and so eventually i have seen enough of the parody videos and got a couple laughs off them that i ended up clicking the link for hurt bay And, um, you know, taking it at face value, what I saw was a video of a fairly young girl. She looks like she's in her, you know, early 20s, probably millennial (laughs) and um, her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. And they are discussing the infidelity that happens in their relationship. I don't know anything about the company that posted. I don't know anything about the the people who are in it. I don't know. It could have been a, st- a stage play, right? A Tyler Perry production. But I'm just going to take it at face value because to me, what was important in it was not so much whether it was real or not real or why they were actually doing it for me, what was important was the content, not really the context. I'm going to take a break right now and I'm going to kind of let you guys listen to Hurt Bay and i we'll be right back to tell you why I think it's important and what I think you should take away from it. And definitely if you have young girls or you lead um, classroom discussions with girls, it's something that you can definitely use as a teaching tool to um, discuss relationships with them. Be right back what did you do
1: I did everything like what I had sex with other girls I did everything We met in school. We met in college. Um, we met in class, and you really didn't like me.
2: No, I didn't like you at first.
1: A couple years later, we moved into mm-hmm. like the same apartment complex, and the first day we both moved there, mm-hmm. we like met on the elevator again. It was like a reunion.
2: And then you offered to bring my groceries upstairs.
1: And um, yeah, we spent a lot of time together.
2: Like every day.
1: I would say that you were my best friend.
2: Yeah. Me too. I would go through his phone and I would like see text messages or like pictures of girls and then I would ask him about it. And sometimes he would lie. To say like, oh, that's not true, you don't know what you're talking about, and you said like, oh, I'll stop, but then you didn't. One time I went to his room, and he had someone else in his room, and he told me to leave. And I went back to my room, and I just cried, like the whole night. And then I think I went like a little while without talking to you and then you said something like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it again.
1: There was kind of a point where things weren't the same. What do you mean? Just like you would always go through my phone or my computer. Yeah, I
2: didn't trust you.
1: If you would go to that measure to, I don't, to find whatever... Why? Why wouldn't you just leave?
2: I don't know. I think I was like stupid. How many times did you cheat on me?
1: I, 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 I don't know.
2: If you had to say,
1: I, I wasn't counting. to do with me just not being able to commit why not because I didn't at the time I really I didn't want to I think just sometimes we're we're just we're not on the same page
2: yeah I think that's true
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing that you could have done differently that I think would have prevented it. I think that you did everything that you needed to do to be a good girlfriend. And I was lucky to have someone like you.
2: I don't think you're a bad guy because you cheated. I I forgave you. Why? Because you're my best friend. But it
1: was hard. I think we're like in the first stage of moving on. Yeah. I think... We both kind of accepted for the first time that it's really over.
2: I couldn't, like today, I couldn't see like my life without you, but I don't know. I feel like you hurt me a lot, so. I feel like you abandoned me.
1: I apologize for hurting you, and I hope in the future we can remain good friends, and I get a chance to see you grow into the woman that you're becoming.
0: And we're back. The thing that struck me the most about the video was that the title of the video was called Broken. It seemed to me, obviously, that there was only one person in the video who was actually broken, and that was the young woman who was in the video. Eventually, I saw some other posts where the guy said he made her, and there were like a lot of negative comments about the video. But I'm just, I think it's valuable to use it as a teaching point. And I think that for a lot of us as parents, when we're looking to engage in conversations about relationships with our teenagers, it's really difficult to do. And so kind of keeping yourself aware of what's going on on social media and kind of using those things to be a teaching tool is important. Back in the day when I was in you know, like high school or whatever, you know, it was easier for us to kind of engage in these conversations because there were like musty TV and there was the Cosby show or like different world or different strokes or I'm I'm old, I'm sorry. <laughs> but there were like, you know, shows that talked about social issues and that was really where we got our um our social mores or social norms or plays. And we were able to kind of see how You know, the art reflected the things that were going on in our life and vice versa. And if you were a parent who was interested in having a dialogue with your kids about those things, Thursday night around the Cosby show or, you know, other shows and, you know, black shows usually have a lot of social justice and social um, socially conscious content or had when I was growing up. However, you know, it's a new day. And whereas we don't watch TV the same, we the media that is out now is completely different. For better or for worse, we can still utilize those things as teaching points. So I'm gonna just give you some of the things that I saw in the video that is possible you utilize as a teaching point to speak to your young girls and boys about relationships, how to navigate them, the good ones and the bad ones, some pitfalls. These are all things that I saw that I could use with my kids to talk about from this one six minute clip in Hurt Bay, right? So one of the things that I noticed was perception. Part of my training is as a uh, family counselor and a couples counselor. And, you know, there's this concept in couples counseling that one person is the pursuer and another person is a distancer, which means that there's one person trying to keep the relationship going and keep the like the the fires going and there's one person who's just not interested in engaging and it's pretty obvious from watching the video that she was still in this emotional place and he was extremely emotionally distant and emotionally detached from the situation so you can tell that even in his language he would say stuff like you know this was the past tense and we're moving on and I'm glad that we're in the stage where we're moving past um, this relationship. And she was staying, stating things in the present. You are my best friend. Um, I can't imagine life without you or you not being in my life. And those were kind of things that she said in the video. And one important thing to bring up when you bring up this you know, teaching tool, like I said, it could be for teenagers. It could also be for your girlfriends because I see these patterns in the lives of my friends. I see these patterns in the lives of the couples is that usually in a relationship, one person is a little bit more invested than the other. And so it seems to me, she was more invested in it than he was. So to kind of like note those patterns is a thing. Second thing that came became very obvious to me was that she seemed very insecure. Body language is, is extremely important. And you can look at their language that they were speaking with the unspoken word throughout the video. She was crying. There wasn't a lot of eye contact for either one of them. But, you know, she would look him in the eye. A lot of the time he was looking down you know, you can tell that there was some shame that this young man seemed to have felt about what was going on. But it seemed obvious that he was not as engaged in this conversation or this closure that women seem to need (laughs) at the end of a relationship. And so um, I'm not sure what the goal of this conversation was if she really just needed to know what he did or what he did. Like, I don't know who set this whole thing up, but it seemed like she was surprised by some of these things, even though she shouldn't have been surprised. Like she seemed like she was surprised that he had had sex with other women, even though he caught it, she caught him with another woman and he made her leave, but didn't make the other woman leave. Like, I just didn't really understand some of them. And and the fact that she kept crying you know, throughout the whole thing, it was evident that she still had feelings for this guy and he didn't seem to return them. Another thing was, is that he didn't seem to be able to take responsibility for his part in it, in a way, right? I don't want to be beating up on this guy. I don't think that he's a bad guy. I think that in your twenties and when you're dating people in college, you should not be exclusive. I think that you should be able to date Multiple people to get to know yourself and to get to know what you're going into. But if you do commit to a relationship, commit to a relationship because you actually want to be in a relationship and you think that you're going to be a good boyfriend or girlfriend. And he made it very clear that he wasn't interested in committing because he wasn't interested in committing. Not that she was a bad person or that she was a bad girlfriend or that there was anything that she did wrong. I think that that's a positive thing that he actually was able to tell her that, you know what, this was a failure on my behalf, that I wasn't able to make this work because I didn't want to. A lot of men don't say that. So I think that, you know, that was probably the most honest thing that he said in this. And also that he told her, listen, I'm glad that we're moving on because that means that he wants to move on and that he was no longer engaging in this relationship. It seems like she was still kind of lingering and thinking that they were going to have something. And he told her explicitly, I think that... We're at a point where we're starting to move on and I'm glad. That means, chick, move on because you need to be moving on. So there, there was that. But even when she, he said that, her reply was, I don't want to be without you. I can't imagine my life without you. We're best friends. The teaching point that I want you guys to really start to think about with your daughters and your sons is how do you define friendship? What is a good friend to you? Because I don't find that having a male or female who lies to me all the time, who doesn't tell me the truth, who says things only to protect themselves and not protect me, makes them a good friend. I don't think that you would do that. I don't think that you would stand a friend up. I don't think that you would not tell them the truth about something benign. I don't think that you would even think twice of saying, hey, you know what? Someone else is coming over tonight. I'm hanging out with my other friend tonight, if they're just a friend. So that discussion around friendship, character, and values has to happen early with our girls. And I think that, and our boys, and our boys, but boys are different. Boys compartmentalize a lot easier than girls do. And whereas a boy will say, she's my friend, he may not say it out to out loud to you, he's going to treat you like a friend. And when I say a friend, I don't mean, I mean a friend as in just a friend, not a girlfriend. I don't mean like a friend, like my homie, because that's a, that's a different thing. Once y'all are sleeping with each other, the friendship thing has, has sailed. And so it, it creates this line of ambiguity that girls tend to blur a lot more than boys because boys boy says, I'm sleeping with you, but I'm just, I'm not in a relationship with you. And we say to ourselves, oh, I'm sleeping with him. This must be a relationship. Not, not so fast, sister. Slow down. Pump your brakes. And so I think that we have to start having those conversations with our daughters about friendships, value, and character. And when I say value, I also mean the value that we place on ourselves. It's okay to have high self-esteem. And you can tell that this girl is kind of struggling with her self-esteem. And that's not a bad thing. We all kind of go through times where we feel better about ourselves and worse. You know, this relationship could not have helped her self-esteem that she thought she was being a good girlfriend and that she was trying to do all these things to satisfy him. And he was still sleeping with other women and she was going through his phone and being crazy, you know? And I hate to quote Beyonce, but what's worse, being jealous or crazy? I'd rather be crazy, right? So, I mean, you want to know what's going on and this Hurt base situation should have given her a little bit of closure. But like most women, I think it just probably just opened up a Pandora's box and she probably had a thousand and five more questions. Um, and that's another thing too: believe your man when what he says matches what he does. This man told her, I didn't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to continue being in a relationship. I want to be friends. But the thing that he said that was damaging was that he wanted to have access to her. I want to see who you're going to become in the future and who you grow into. Bro, that ain't none of your business. If we're not together and if the way I define friendship is somebody who is kind and concerned for me and puts my well-being first not ahead of his, but first, and makes me a priority. If those things makes me a good friend, they'll make you an excellent boyfriend. But if you don't, you're not able to do those things. We can't be friends. What do you need access to my life for? Women give men access. We give them that room, that, they leave that crack in the door open for them to send that us the hey bae text and hey big head and just thinking about you, Nah, bruh, block them, delete it, move on. Now, if the universe brings them back into your life or y'all meet up at that 10 year anniversary or, you know, something else happens, that's fine. But we have to start teaching ourselves and our daughters about closing the door on it and actually leaving it closed, because that also is something that can be damaging to us because a lot of us be like, oh, I was in a back and forth relationship. It was on and off. No, no, no. Make it on or off, but it's not going to keep being on and off. And a lot of us do that because we vacillate between uh, the the actual reality of the, the hurt and pain in the relationship and the damage. And I think for women, that's easier for us to do. We forget things easy. I think it goes back to our biology and childbirth and the fact that, you know, once you get to the point where you have a child, it's a very difficult thing and it's laborious and it hurts and the pain is, is indescribable. And I swear that I don't remember it as a mother who had a child. I don't even remember that pain. And I think most women don't remember that kind of pain because if you did, you probably wouldn't have another kid again. And so I think that that same mechanism in our brain goes off sometimes when our man does something in, uh, incredibly hurtful and that it becomes a part of that unspoken memory but the problem with it is is that we hold it in our trauma memory there's a there's an actual conscious memory and there's an unconscious memory and that trauma memory gets triggered every single time that something similar to that happens again. And so that trauma memory is, is our, you know, extra spidey senses that kicks up whenever somebody else does something that almost feels like something that a previous, you know, partner did that was hurtful and harmful to us. And so until you face it and reconcile it and deal with it, it keeps replicating itself in other relationships that you have. So these are things that I just kind of wanted to point out from watching um the video. Mm, let me see if I missed anything. Oh. Another thing, a part where he, I felt like he didn't take responsibility was when he put it on her with why didn't she leave? Oh, if you felt like I was cheating and you I had to go through my phone, Why? you should have just left. You know, that's common for men to say when they don't want to take responsibility for their actions. And the job of a man in a relationship is to provide us with security. And while that may mean physical, that may mean financial, it definitely means emotional. And if he's doing things to constantly make you feel insecure or doing things to constantly make you feel jealous or doing things to constantly make you feel like you are less than or not good enough, this is not a good relationship. This is not a good situation. And this is something that you want to remove from your life. And so if you're dealing with someone who does these kinds of things, this is something that you need to think about and identify so that you can decide The best way to get on out of that situation A lot of women allow ourselves to sit In a situation because It's better with the devil you know And that's absolutely not true A lot of times we sit in relationships Because we don't have the faith And the belief that something better is out there for us and that we deserve it. So I think that these are all talking points that if you wanted to have a, you know, lucid discussion with your daughter or niece or sons about these situations, from the, from a male's perspective, I would speak to my son or, you know, the, the boys in my life about responsibility uh, about the concept of security in a relationship and how important that is and how that is a man's main job when they're being in a relationship. Honesty, if you don't want to be in a relationship, it's okay to not be in a relationship. And you don't have to fall and be in a relationship because she assumes that you're in a relationship because you had sex. That's not okay for women to do, but we do do it. You know, tell them to be clear about their intentions. And it's okay to be honest. And it's okay to be honest even when your honesty is not popular. So those are the things that I would tell my sons. And for my my daughter, what I would tell her is that you deserve somebody who makes you feel secure. You deserve somebody who is able to be honest with you about their transgressions. I'm not so mad that he cheated, but I am a little upset at the fact that he did it repeatedly, and then he wasn't honest about how many times he did it because that also makes me think about safe sex, the lack thereof, and you know if he put her in any kind of harm's way by exposing her to you know unsafe behavior. And we all know that there are things that you that condoms can cover, and there are things that they can't cover. And so um, you know you can't put a condom over your heart. And so these are some of the things that I would discuss with my daughter. Um, If if I had one My nieces and the girls that I mentor In my life So I just wanted to bring this to your attention Tonight This has been another episode of Black in Therapy I want to say thank you for listening Uh, Subscribe to our SoundCloud channel As well as our mailing list At blackintherapy.com Also make sure that you follow us On Instagram, Twitter, and IG At blackintherapy And you can hit us up For anything At blackintherapy at gmail.com Have a great day